Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we discuss GTA 6, cross promotions, and live events. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week in Geek with the Geeks Every Week, which are are me and Kevin, obviously, unless we have a special guest, which I need to reach out to our next one. Um, Speaking of, though, I'll, I'll, Kevin, before we continue, or I'll I'll get into it later, actually. But how have you been this week before I I interrupt my train of thought and my flow, which we always do every week? (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, uh, I got a job. That's what Ooh, that's what happened. Congrats. Uh, yeah, it it kind of came at me a little like really quick. Um, I essentially had an interview last Monday, um, the twenty seventh, and we usually record the podcast that day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we recorded the podcast, and then the day after, I had I got a text, um, uh, from the place that I interviewed at, and they're like, "Hey." are you willing to start on Friday? And I'm like, "Uh, sure, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I am a shift manager at an escape room now. Uh, that's cool. So couldn't escape the escape rooms. The escape rooms don't escape me. So, uh, that, that's just how it is. Well, just Um, think Kevin, you'll never be able to be trapped. No one can ever trap you because you know how to get out of everything. I, I I know the puzzles now. I understand you can, if, if there is a logical way out, if you give me a logical way out, I will find it. You're going to be the next Houdini. Just watch. It's just gonna be so weird. It'll be like, it'll be another uh, you know, it'll be saw like eighteen or something, and they'll be like, on on this one you have to you have to figure it out. And I'll be like, yeah, they're using an RFID switch on this part. So uh, you know, if you if you count backwards, you you'll get the right answer here. <laughs> like, see, saw yeah, doesn't work in the modern day because we do escape rooms for fun. Yeah, or uh, we just that, that's just gonna be his whole thing now is that he uh he he got crafty and he made more than one puzzle this time (laughs) so or he gives up his his quest for vengeance and just makes a a shit ton of money doing escape rooms there you go um but yeah i started on friday um and essentially i played through all the games on friday i had like formal training on on saturday uh lots of paperwork sunday and then yeah, I worked on Tuesday. It was like the first time I had to like open up the shop on my own. Um and yeah, we're we're just getting into the swing of it. It's exciting to be in a smaller escape room. There's not a lot of like corporate policy that we have to follow here. Um which is pretty nice. Like uh one of the things is like I don't have to come in every day in uniform. Mm-hmm. Um you could come in anything casual. Um like it's located really close to where I live, but not like super close, but like in the general area. It's a, it's a little bit of a trek. It's it's further away than my previous escape room, but like it's in the heart of the city. So it's kind of kind of fun to be there. Um, and yeah, uh, just a lot of uh, 
a lot of getting used to puzzles and uh the the workflow of everything but yeah that's that's what i've been up to just how does back this in the escape room compare room. to your other one so the other one was very much a corporate job um you could tell because there's like a lot of not only policy but like they have a lot more space to work with um but the thing that i like about the new escape rooms that i'm at is that because they're smaller there's a lot more like everything in the room has a purpose it is not like they have space to like throw something that does absolutely nothing at you uh mm. throughout the game like everything that you find in the room that can move is essentially a part of a puzzle and okay like it's not the the best way how i could describe it is like the other escape room that i used to work at had a lot of space where like you could walk around and you can easily get lost in there just because there's like there's possibly things that could lead you down doing nothing right not mm -hmm. like like surprisingly crazy red herrings but like there are moments where you'll just yeah there's a lot of distractions in the room in this one it's like oh i found a key where does it go it's like well there's only like two other locks in the room so it's got to work on one of them right and then you go from there you solve that and then you're like everything essentially funnels into a final puzzle um and everything like has a certain flow to it which is really cool um the other thing that i like is there are a lot of puzzles that use very interesting mechanics um for example i've never thought of using a light beam as a way of like trying to trigger an RFID switch. In other words, like, you know how your garage door, if you stick your leg out, it like uh it it will stop the garage door from closing on your leg, right? Yeah, so you don't lose a um, Yeah. Uh essentially they have puzzles like that where if you break essentially this beam, um, it triggers a different event, which like essentially makes the room harder so like hmm. if you try to like shortcut or bypass something it makes it like harder for you which, <laughs> which i genuinely do like um so yeah I, I did that on my first run it's just a matter of like oh okay well like obviously the thing is right here but you're supposed to get it but it does make the game harder for you from that point forward so i do i like that uh and each room has like a little bit more of like a focus to it that's the best way i could describe it um but yeah uh instead of me having to manage six rooms or seven rooms at a time uh we only have to manage four um they're they're pretty quick in terms of like resetting and learning everything and uh it does help that i was at a previous escape room prior because now i know like what i what i like and what works best for me and things that i could change and help out groups with you know mm -hmm. um okay but yeah it's, it's a lot of fun i i really do enjoy being in that environment and like essentially helping people out with puzzles and having fun with like being in those kinds of scenarios you know yeah yeah for sure i i it, it, i you have direct free earned applicable experience yeah uh how about you matt how was your week how's everything going um, it's been okay. Uh, I've just, today was our first meeting for the new play and then it's called done to death and it's a murder mystery. Um, I'm playing like the youngest of the writers 
um in this because it's like a bunch of writers are like called together to like create the greatest mystery tv show novel thing in the world and then their producer ends up murdered so they have to figure out like how their producer gets murdered and i think some of them also die too but i don't i haven't read the play of reading through it on um saturday um i also f- beat this new spider-man game it's good the last act is really surprisingly very very long i did not expect that last act to be as long as it was but in spite of that i think the game is is very short um i expected it to be a lot longer but I, there was a lot of news already that came out when the game first released about how it wasn't as as big and there weren't as many side missions as people thought it was going to be um I do feel like the very first Spider-Man game that they came out with is probably the biggest one, followed by this and then Miles Morales. I still like Miles Morales the most. I don't know why. It's it's a glorified DLC, but it's fun as hell. Um, I've been playing a little bit more of Pikmin 4, which is great. This is my first Pikmin game ever, and I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I started playing... Uh, batman gotham knights or it's not even called batman anymore it's just called gotham knights because batman's dead in it um i played like the, the tutorial mission and it got a lot of shit when it came out and i feel like it deserves all of it it feels bad like you know how spider-man copied the uh the framework pretty much every game has copied the framework of how to like do combat in in batman since batman right like mm-hmm. square to to hit triangle to counter um circle for something else and then x to like dodge right yeah they 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 went and they 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 did something different with this game i don't know why it's like press x for square to like hit and then hold square for heavy hit and then triangle for uh throwing projectile and then hold triangle for heavy projectile and 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 i don't i don't know it feels bad i don't like it i'm gonna see how long i can last with it i don't think it's gonna be very long um now looking back on it and that one experience i had with the uh the voice actor of robin when i I told him that the game looked like it sucked to his uh to his face accidentally i don't regret that anymore um i'm just hoping that kill the justice league is going to be a better game than this because this is this was supposed to be a live service game and then they kind of pivoted on it and you can tell that it's it's not what they wanted it to be. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I also saw the new Godzilla movie, which was really surprisingly very good. Um, it's definitely the scariest Godzilla's ever been and you can like really feel the tension. Um, you know how like a lot of the older Godzilla movies, Kevin, and especially like even with the first of the new reboots, they like wait to the very end to show you Godzilla. Mm-hmm. this one like he's in it within the first five minutes and it's just as scary as when he's like at the very end still destroying shit it's great um it's a really it, it also makes you actually care about the humans in this which the newer like monarch uh warner brothers apple version of Godzilla, they're just trying so hard to make you care about the people, but they, you don't. I don't care about Millie Bobby Brown. I, I really don't. Um, but this, the Toho Studios did a really good job with a good story, and it's like it goes back to the roots of Godzilla, where it's like talking about the war trauma and like the nuclear warfare fears and everything about that. So it's it's so good. 
Um, Kevin, how much do you know about like Japanese movies and television, like the acting styles over there? Because I have a question. Oh, I I know a little bit. I wouldn't say that I'm like a master or an expert at it, but okay, like I don't I don't know what goes into like specifically Godzilla and stuff like that. But uh, okay. I mean, I had to study like Kurosawa during my time, so I feel I like mean, feel like okay. that's somewhat Kurosawa applicable. was another level though. Yeah, Kurosawa <laughs> was like the goat. Um, but from what you know, is it common for like the Japanese style of acting? And the Japanese technique of acting to be kind of both overacting and like overly expressive, but also kind of like wooden and empty at the same time. Yeah, I I, I get what you're saying in terms of that. Um, yeah, there there are moments where characters or like it feels like it should be deep, but it's really like not super super there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, like they're, I don't know. It's just kind of like this passive, off, but it's like a passive like style. Yeah, it, yeah, it's very passive. It's like they're acting because they know they're supposed to be, and it's their job, but they don't believe. The, yeah, the the emotion of the scene. Yeah, they're very much doing a job. Yeah. Okay, because that's how the acting is in this. Like, in spite of like how good the story is written, the acting is of of that style and caliber. Um doesn't take away from the overall experience it's just a note that i had it's like oh it would have been better if had they like actually believed that they were angry at godzilla instead of just yelling into oblivion but i would highly recommend it if you haven't seen it or if any of you are going to try to see it go go do it it's good it's fantastic um another thing before we actually get into the so the real news of the week is um i finally got my uh outlaws jersey today it's the staple oh, nice. one from when we covered that back when they first released them. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of it feels like this meshy kind of fabric. It feels like a real jersey as opposed to like the season one jerseys, which were kind of this synthetic -y kind of fabric that felt stretchy and. um, Not slippery, but it just it felt very smooth, like silk ish, but not quite silk. Um, I'm not a big fan of the material of that. I just got that jersey because I was at uh, Blizzard Arena and it was my first time doing that and I, I wanted a jersey. Um, but this one feels very like, this is what a jersey should feel like. This is like, it feels very good quality. I got it for half, I think half off. Yeah, I got it for about like 30-ish bucks, um, which is half of what, because they were doing a sale because the Overwatch League is dead. Um, but the interesting thing is, and I sh I've shown you this, Kevin, but there's these weird zippers on the side that you unzip them and it like it expands the shirt and it shows the logo of the team. I don't know why they're there. I don't know if this is just an aesthetic choice or if you're like a little extra fat and you don't need a bigger size up, but you're a little too fat for the shirt. You, you just, it's the fat zipper is what I'm going to call that right now. So yeah, it was just kind of weird how it's just off to the side, but yeah, it's like it, it's, it's there. Not, it, it's it can be functional again if if you're like if you had a very large meal at KBBQ and you feel your stomach a bit distended, you can use it to like relieve some of that pressure. But I don't know, it's a it's a weird thing. Um, Kevin, do you know? Um, also, just a real quick thing before we another thing, do you know casters for Valorant of the EU scene? Not a ton. 
Do you know um, who Ember is? Not off the top of my head, no. <laughs> okay. Because apparently, like, his dad is in the cast with me in this new play. And apparently this oh. kid, like, got a job casting for Valorant right out of high school. And they shipped him off to, like, the EU scene to cover it there. And I think he's finally coming back to the U.S. to do casting or playtesting or, or stuff with them. So his dad's like... Oh, because I, I introduced myself today, and one of the things I said was that I used to be on a minor league competitive esports team known as the Zomniks, and we were technically two-time world champions. Technically, I see. Um, and he came up to me afterwards, like, "Oh, what what sport did you? What esport did you do?" And then he talked to me about that. So, um, his dad suggested that we bring him on to the podcast at some point. We'll which we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I still have to contact Risa and see if she wants to talk to us i can also contact the the voice actor of robin who i insulted and see if he wants to come on the show <laughs> with us um after i i told him to his face that his game fucking sucks uh but that's neither here nor there let's get into the news kevin do you know what the word of the year is according to the oxford english dictionary oh uh, not off the top of my head it, word of this year right mm-hmm. uh, is it uh, is it Riz? It is Riz. Okay. <laughs> it is Riz. <laughs> Which I kind of Alex, I will I will take Riz for for uh 200, please. <laughs> so so last year it was goblin mode. 2021 it was Vax. Uh-huh. Um 20 I'm looking back. 2014 it was Vape. That that's wild. <laughs> 2013 was selfie. 2017 was youthquake. 2018 was toxic. Oh god, I don't like that. I don't like any of those. But Riz, um, it it's short for charisma, obviously, mm-hmm. but it it means style, charm, or attractiveness, the ability to attract a romantic or sexual partner. The word mm. Riz can also be used as a verb. In the, often in the phrase to riz up, which means to attract, seduce, or chat up a person. That that is true. I can I can attest to that one. <laughs> Apparently, the usage of the word dramatically increased and peaked in June 2023 when actor Tom Holland was asked in an interview about his riz, to which he answered, "I have no riz whatsoever. I have limited riz, which I find hard to believe because he's Spider Man and he he's." romantically involved with Zendaya. Yeah. You can't not have Riz. You're Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You have Riz. He had enough Riz to get that goddamn role, which I come on. Come on, Tom Holland. You got Riz. Um other finalists this year were prompt as in like a prompt to give to an AI, a program to influence the content it generates. Um situationship, which is a romantic or sexual relationship that is not considered formal or established which looking Uh back on it i guess that's what holly and i had it was a situationship because it wasn't we never formally were like oh we're together and then she broke it off Uh, i i would (laughs) i wouldn't have been surprised if situationship was the word of this year because i've heard i've heard that quite a bit more Mm -hmm. see this next one i think would have been even bigger swifty an enthusiastic Uh, fan of the singer taylor swift i thought that yeah i think that like I mean, this was her year to get that 
her I mean, too. If she didn't like, win it this year. I don't think she's unless she does something even bigger than the Eras Tour. I don't think she can capture that magic again. Yeah, she can't riz up the Oxford English Dictionary a second time, or can she? There you go. <laughs> oh God, I hated saying that right there. That was <laughs> that was that felt bad inside. <laughs> I felt very bad. Um, but you know what doesn't feel bad inside, Kevin? Mm. The GTA Six trailer. Yeah, finally released. It's just Florida Man, the game, dude. I I love watching the side by side comparisons of actual Floridians. Yep with with the with with the trailer footage. It's just yeah. too funny because they based a lot of the trailer on like news footage, um, like the Florida Joker. There's that woman with like the two axes. There's the gator that yeah. just walks into the the convenience store. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if you if you like look at Florida, and you look at like Grand Theft Auto's vision of Vice City for this game, on one hand, it's it like if you if you just looked at the game by itself, it looks like too chaotic and too crazy to be real. But then you see the hmm. news footage of actual Florida, and it's like, oh no, this is this is accurate. Oh, this is accurate. Yeah, this is this is a hundred percent what it is. <laughs> I need to ask my Floridian friends because. Some of the Zomniks are from Florida. Like Andy, Robin, and Kitty are from Florida. So I need to ask them next time we get on, like, how accurate is this to the real life Floridian experience? Because we yeah. know some of them, like, obviously, like they base the footage, as we said, on real news footage, but on a day to day basis, what is life there really like? Another thing about this this trailer leak, which we finally got, and looks it looks so good. It's not coming out till twenty twenty five, which is understandable it's a very big game and it's probably going to take it probably takes a long time to make this and they're probably going to be milking this for how long have they been milking gta 5 kevin since like 2013 right was when it came out i'm like that the 10 years so they're going to be milking this game for another 10 years so like we'll get it 2020 25 um then we'll they'll be milking it to 2035 at least at least 2035 um but another thing is that a couple days ago apparently some footage um of the the trailer leaked and it was immediately taken down and i think the the trailer was supposed to come out on the 5th but they released it early on the 4th it looks largely because of the leaked footage that came out it turns out that there is a high likelihood that the person that leaked the footage is the child of someone who works at rockstar and it was leaked on their tiktok oh so what do you do at that point if you're that kid's dad? Uh, uh, that's a tough one. I would say if you want to think of it in the best possible light, you hire him as your social media manager. No, because, well, I mean, one on hand, it could have been like a, a staged thing, but it's also like as someone who's had to deal with these leaks and shit, and like I'm still dealing with some crisis mode stuff for Squishmallows, <laughs> but it's like no, I I it must have been utter hell, True. utter hell dealing with that. Like like just the amount of like meetings and back and forth and damage control you have to do. Like there goes your entire weekend. The weekend yeah. that got leaked. No, you you don't have a weekend anymore. This is gonna be your life until we we do all the damage control like the squishmallow stuff came out weeks ago like i was on vacation when it came out and i'm still dealing with it like three weeks later 
Like <laughs> what the hell guys? Um, so there's that. I, I wonder if the dad is still with the company or if he got fired and if he got like, what do you, what does this dad tell his kid every day? It's like, you got me fired because of your stupid TikTok. Yeah. You, he's got a, he's got to work now. Can't you can't imagine just... that family dynamic. Yeah. It, that yeah that's not that's not looking good for the kid (laughs) and i mean i think that there could even be like legal ramifications there too because like if there's there's people who like who hack and who like do leaks that are like charged or like are sued by these companies for like breaching trade secrets or or espionage or or whatever corporate espionage or whatever they do but there's there's Mm -hmm there's a possible like legal case there for rockstar if they wanted to go that route, which hopefully not for the kids sake and for the family's sake. Um, moving on, uh, Kevin, you know, you know, invincible, right? Have you seen invincible? I have seen invincible. Yes. Um, you would say Omni man has a very prominent mustache, correct? Yes. Apparently, data miners have found that in Mortal Kombat 1, where Omni-Man was just added as the next playable character, there was cut content that they found through data mining, where one of his brutalities, which if you're not familiar with Mortal Kombat, it's kind of like a fatality, but you don't have to like wait. Like when you when you traditionally do a, a fatality in Mortal Kombat, like there's the you you take away all their health bar, and then there's the big finish him. And then you input yeah. your button input, and then it does the the whole scene. A brutality is kind of like that, but it's if you do a certain number of if you if you fulfill certain conditions, like for example, if it's like forward grab them three times throughout the match, and if you're able to to do that, and like the last grab is what you kill them with, then it triggers a brutality. One of the brutalities for Omni Man was supposed to be. He rips off his mustache, throws it at the opponent, and that's how they die. I mean, he'll grow it back. He's definitely got time. I mean, he's, so, he's pretty much immortal. Yeah. It's just like you can do it. The fact that they thought of this, <laughs> animated it, then decided, no, we can't do that. But no, this is too strong. In there <laughs> was just. I would have loved to be sitting in that board meeting where they're like, all right, what, what's Omni-Man's brutality going to be? Yo, he tears off his mustache. I like it. <laughs> let's go with that. Let's go. Let's cook with that. Um, But yeah, I, I wish that was a real thing, but like, I, I don't think it's probably coming anytime soon because they cut it. I would love for them to bring it back now that we found it, now that someone else has found it, but maybe NetherRealm's done weirder things. Um, Moving on. Overwatch looks like it might have some changes coming into it to spicy up the gameplay a little bit because it's getting like they're they're making changes and I still enjoy playing it. Um, But like games can kind of be meh sometimes if you're not playing on the new modes or if you're not with friends. Um, I'm still not the biggest fan of 5v5. I hate the new um, Flashpoint mode, which is just pretty much... um, two cp but worse because now it's out of five different maps you have to do three cp which is just too much cp Mm -hmm. but the developers were talking with um flats and emong um lead developer alec dawson they were talking on twitch 
but they were saying that they've been doing some wacky quote unquote wacky tests to see how they could change up the game a little bit. Some things that they're thinking of doing is doing a pick ban thing. Like you, we've talked about it before as Kevin, like you've mentioned it a lot as a way to help make sure that there's variety in the games, because that at that point, like the teams picking and banning makes each game different and puts more, um, I guess stakes on it, unless you're just picking banning the same characters every time. But another thing mm-hmm. is that they could, they could do a thing where it costs some kind of token or or in-game currency that is required for you to switch. Um, the quote from Dawson is, "Here's um, we may even have been doing some wacky tests that look at, hey, what does swapping mean to the game? Is it something that you need to spend a token for or is it something that's more of a currency rather than more freeform as it is now? And I, I hmm. don't, I don't know what that looks like for Overwatch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what that would entail either. And it does sound interesting. And I don't know how you would, like, enforce that either. You know. Hmm. I think it takes away from the core of what Overwatch is. Is like even on the box, it says like swap heroes on the fly. But I mean, like in mm-hmm. other games, I think like when you use abilities, it's based on like technically a currency or a points thing, right? Mm-hmm. You have to build up points. So maybe that's kind of what it could be is like, depending on your performance, if you need to switch, you can. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it should be like, uh, I don't yeah, I don't know if that's too wacky, though, or it doesn't or it punishes them too hard. But like, what if it costs like old percentage? Or something like that to switch. I mean, it kind of already does. Like, it already it. does, and it caps at like thirty percent, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else you would add to it. But at that point, it kind of punishes strategizing, right? If yeah. you need to swap, if you're being hard countered, then what are you supposed to do if you if you're not at that point of where you have enough of the in-game currency to do it? I don't particularly like that. I think mm. again, it, it just betrays what Overwatch was known as 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 the the hero shooter that it is. Yeah. But if they want to do it as like a challenge mode or as an arcade mode, I would be all mm-hmm. for it because it adds something unique to the game, but not as not as an across the board replacement for the game that we have now. Yeah. I could see that as like an event, but not yeah. necessarily yeah. like a like a full on like this is the way how the game is played now. Mm-hmm. I think you might turn off a lot of people. I think you might make the the player base even smaller. Which I mean, according to reports, it's it's not really gone down. Like as much as people bitch and moan about the game, they still play it. Uh, mm-hmm. The Blizzard's internal reporting that they've released has said that like player involvement has been steady even after all the changes in Overwatch Two. I don't know if it's growing. But it's not shrinking to the level that like people claim that it is at the very least. Yeah. One last Overwatch thing that I forgot to put here is that um Uber actually won um Shoutcaster of the Year at the Esports Awards, which yeah. is it, it's bittersweet because yeah. Uber is what is has always been very good at his job. He's one of the ones that I enjoyed. I think my my favorite shoutcaster is still Achilles. Um just because I think he was very clear with his casting and I just, I just gravitated towards the games that he casted. I don't think Avril, his newer partner was the best for him. Avril was 
kind of flat and seemed kind of angry a lot of the time. But I mean, Uber was consistently like very fun. Um, and it's bittersweet that now that the league has ended is when he gets his win. Um, and just looking at just in general, looking at the cast, I mean, I didn't watch a lot this last season, but looking at the the casting talent for the Overwatch League, like there is if you ever need to see like proof that there is space for women in esports and that women talent can make it, just look at the Overwatch League uh, team there. Like you had Lemon Kiwi, you've had Zoe, you had Necra, you had Vicky Kitty, you had like a lot of really good people who did a very good job making the game easy to understand and like accessible for other people. So I don't know. I still, there's still people obviously out there and we've talked about it before, like even within the overwatch league who didn't feel like esports is a place for women, but no, it's, it clearly is like, Zoe is one of the most iconic people in esports today. And she did a very good job. So I, I don't know how you can, say that esports is not a place for women but okay so for my last topic um kevin what do you think about the band kiss rock band <laughs> um so they uh they did this thing where they went on this tour for four years like it's their farewell tour but apparently on their last night of their farewell tour at madison square garden they um they announced that they are they're going to be digitized well they're not going to be they have digitized their themselves as avatars so that the band can live on forever hmm. i don't i don't really like that cuz like at this point now this is they're not the first band to do this i think the first band to do this with this certain company that they're going with is pop house entertainment is the band abba which they're known for a variety of hits from back in the day, like Fernando, Chiquitita, um, just a lot of music. If you don't know ABBA, then I, I don't know. Where, where have you been? <laughs> they're 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 an iconic band. They've made so many songs. Like how you have to have heard an ABBA song in the past. I don't know how long you've been alive, but whatever. Um, so ABBA is actually the first band to do this with this company, and their shows have been pulling in two million dollars a week. So there's financial precedent for success here, though I personally don't think it's, I don't know. I, I don't like it because it's just like you're watching a concert movie and I don't know if they're charging you like concert prices for pretty much watching like music videos the entire time with a bunch of people like I can see if you're charging like movie theater prices because that's essentially what the the Eras Tour is, the Eras Tour movie, and like the Beyonce's Renaissance movie, and like Michael Jackson did like after he passed away that there was the This Is It movie. Like you're watching recorded footage. It's not live. No one's actually performing it. It's stuff that you could technically just like watch at home on YouTube, but now it's in a concert setting. So I don't. I don't know what the what the value really is to to doing that. I mean, yes, you're with other fans, but if you're going to be charging like stadium prices with Ticketmaster fees, and I don't I don't know what you're really getting out of that. I don't know if that's justified. 
you know? Yeah, I okay. I I'm on the fence on this because like I I know the two like ideas behind it. One, it's like it feels like Vocaloid. That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> like it it feels like a Hatsune Miku, you know, like concert, but like Kiss is not Hatsune Miku. Like you you are not you're not that guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> is that the next crossover you're Kiss. we get? Kiss didn't I just mean, Christmas. They're they're now meeting Hatsune if, Miku. If if Kiss and Hatsune Miku make a like a Christmas album and it pops off, then yeah, sure. That that might justify it. But at the same time, like Kiss is a band. Like they they are a band. They've they've you know lived throughout you know their their lifetime right yeah i i don't see the appeal of doing giving them the hatsune miku treatment you know mm -hmm. uh, because like would i don't know if we would even want to have that either because like for example like if you would you want to see like a band that may have been you know, around like a hundred years ago, would you want to still see them perform if you know their entire catalog? Like, would you would you go to see? Like, I feel like this is this is kind of like a weirder one, but it would be interesting. Would you watch Paul McCartney perform with like versions of the Beatles? And recreate a Beatles experience if Paul McCartney is still the only, you know, living member. <laughs> yeah, that I feel like that because I don't like Paul McCartney or the Beatles, but yeah, I see where you're yeah. going. Um, like, I don't know. I, I don't think I would. Interesting. It's not like enough, I think, because like we've we've heard all their songs already and we know. And it's appealing to a certain generation, right? Yeah, Um. I just I don't know if. Kiss is going to be appealing to generations like after like not even us like unless you like loved rock music uh, played like a ridiculous amount of Guitar Hero you would but I don't I don't know I, I don't think I mean I think it's okay in in little sporadic like uses if it's used correctly like the the one that comes to mind was uh when Snoop Dogg was performing at Coachella and they brought on the Tupac hologram mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that that was an experience right. but that was because it was an experience because it was also so unexpected too I think yes. it wasn't like one of the first times that that's ever really happened yes it it was the only time that it actually did happen so I think that's the only reason why it would. I I feel like like even if you were to see Kiss now as as they are in their their old age like it's going to seeing their farewell tour like part of the appeal is seeing them live because as a glam rock band like part of the experience is seeing these people dressed up and running around the stage and in these this kind of ridiculous outfit performing for you live it's like 
mm-hmm. the human aspect of art is is i think what's central to what makes it worth it this feels like it's just going again down that rabbit hole of ai stuff which the the whole sag after just waged war with the studios over and now here's kiss just willingly doing it hmm. it feels out of out of touch and just ill-advised to me but i mean kiss is the, the article that i read on the verge like brought up a good point is that kiss has been selling their image and selling like their themselves as a product for i don't know how long like for, it's pretty much since the beginning um just this, this, it just feels so lifeless, but at the same time, so on brand for them. But I, I hope other artists don't go this way. But I mean, this company has, they're using industrial light and magic, which is George Lucas's company, I guess, to create these uh, digital avatars. And they've already got ABBA and Kiss. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they've already proven the concept with ABBA they've got a second band in there it's it's just a matter of time till who are they going to get next Black Sabbath Journey Queen I don't like it but if they're making two million dollars a show with ABBA like what is their incentive to stop exactly Well, that was my last topic, so that's my incentive to stop. Now it's, it's your turn, Kevin. <laughs> Tell us about the weeby things and the video game things and, and all that fun stuff that you know about that I don't. Yeah, we we have quite a bit this week. Uh, I had to I had to reference back to the the stream to see where we're at, but here we are. Um, okay. Uh, first things first. Let's talk about the cross promotion. Um, so Street Fighter Six and Spy Family initially had a poster. That had your Briar, uh, which is the wife from Spy Family, uh, facing off against Chun Li. Oh, I think and you, you talked about this before, right? We talked right. about the poster. Yeah. Okay. We didn't know what was what it was leading to. Um, we're slowly getting closer to uh, the movie, which is Spy Family Code White, um, that comes out in Japan on the twenty second. Um, so a lot of people are keeping their eyes open for that that's going to be in japan probably in at the end of the year we're probably going to get it closer to like february or march it depends on their turnaround um but yeah um but the cross promotion does not end at the poster um i I put a link to a youtube video in our notes um but this video showcases the actual animation of your versus uh versus chun li um so it's a full-on animated uh, piece where you get to watch uh, yours fighting style versus uh, you know Chun Li's like distance fighting style and how they go head to head. People are wondering if this is going to lead to possible skins in the game, um, or if yours is going to be a like promotional character that may be included in the game. Um, mm. That may be an option. Um, but we were saying everybody, uh, all of my friends are are making the joke that if that happens, then Zangief gets a uh, Anya skin, hundred um, percent. We've Big seen the buff Russian man, and in... <laughs> we've we've seen the buff Anya meme going around at cons, where like the buffest person will just be in an Anya, like have the Anya hair and like 
the uniform. So there's precedent so, there. Yeah, there there's there's meme ability, and I really do think that it can it can pop off if they want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can definitely see it being included if if it is something that uh, Capcom and Tatsuya Endo and Shonen Jump can all come to a conclusion about, but. The um, jiggle physics in this video, they, they still did it. They they, <laughs> they did it with Yor, which is which is really funny because like a lot of people were mentioning that, or like even I I take note that, um, in Spy Family they really keep that down. It's not like something that's like a massive appeal to a lot of mm-hmm. people. Uh, but like you know, Street Fighter does Street Fighter things, so jiggle physics are real. <laughs> does so. Street Fighter ha- do you know do a lot of guest characters? So is is there a good chance that Yor might come in as a guest character? They usually don't. And that's the thing. There's been a lot of like cross promotion of not only this, but like also talks of like teaming up with um Baki as well as another like oh. grappling uh anime that might make another appearance, but we don't know if they're gonna do a cross promotion of any sort like this. Um I can definitely see it as a like a one off like maybe an event skin like i could see it as a as a fighter skin but i don't know if i i would include a full character in the game so um that might be the way how they go about it which i i wouldn't be opposed to that at all okay cool uh let's go from cross promotion let's talk about some of the bigger like kind of esports events that are kind of happening um let's talk about the the funnier one first um so <laughs> Ludwig usually hosts a tournament at some point for the content creators. Uh, two years ago, we had the chess boxing tournament, yes. which was freaking insane. I love that. Um, he said that he wasn't going to have it this year. He's done other things uh, throughout the year. But literally, like I think it was like almost at the beginning of the week, he said, yeah, um, I'm going to be hosting a content creator dodgeball event. Um no this weekend so apparently he's invited a bunch of content creators they're going to be playing in a like an eight team like bracket dodgeball event um and yeah that's going to be this weekend uh some somewhere in la i let me see if i could find the details of it um but yeah i i don't have i don't have the time nor the income to to go and do that right now uh, but I was really interested in seeing how it how it plays out because I know that a lot of um what is it? I know that a lot of content creators are going to this other event right now. Um but um I I don't know who is exactly invited to this event. Um well, we could see. Um but the tournament takes place on Sunday, December 10th at 1 p.m. Um it is where's the location? It just says Los Angeles. That's like a whole place. You can't just say the say the place. Is it probably at probably in like USC, like you did for uh the last tournament? Yeah, uh, not not a lot, but they were saying Ludwig has invited Offline TV, Valkyrie, Hassan, Saikuno, and uh and many more. Um, so we will see who shows up. It's gonna be on Ludwig's. YouTube and is now a uh, Twitch channel. Uh, he's allowed to come back because of the new streaming laws. So, uh, and YouTube was cool with it. Um, it's under Mogul Moves, so it's not under his 
uh it's not under Ludwig, but it's under like his uh his company, which is allowed to run off off uh off the channel. So that's pretty cool. Speaking of Twitch, I've heard rumors that Twitch is not gonna be operating in Korea anymore. That is true. Um that is because of a lot of things that are that are happening in terms of not only um uh, how can I describe it? Legislation, but also uh the way how Twitch operates. So in Korea, um, unlike the US, like we have ISPs, we have internet service providers, you know, the people who uh provide you the internet and throttle it when you need it most. Um, but uh they have like a government wide like network system, right? Um so essentially like wi-fi is free throughout the country you just need a machine or something that can you know route in um and that service is provided for free um throughout korea um in the recent thing with twitch um twitch uses a lot of bandwidth um obviously like when when you're trying to live stream out a signal um when you're trying to you know host a server and so on and so forth yeah um it ate up a lot of the country's bandwidth and it caused a lot of issues in terms of overall performance to everyone um so uh korea put in a certain legislation that prevented um a lot of these bigger streaming sites um but specifically they like targeted twitch because they said twitch uses the most and has the most traffic um, compared to all the other streaming sites and twitch realized like hey we can't really fight this legislation that well um, and there's no way for them to provide the level of service that they used to um, in korea without having to like without having to work around it like a crazy amount or having to like pay a ton in order to increase the the infrastructure in korea so instead of that they decided like hey we can't provide the service in korea anymore which has sparked a lot of like discussion um mm -hmm. because we we as gamers like obviously like streaming has become a really big career um over the course of you know i, I guess over the pandemic but also just like the way how people make their money through content creation um of a way in sort so um yeah uh they said unfortunately twitch will be shutting down in korea so all korean streamers are freaking out because literally it's literally over the course of like a couple of weeks they they have to pull out of korea completely and it's not only stranding a ton of uh, South Korean content creators but it also like means that people who may have built their like their channel and their community there um, cannot cannot like continue that and also cannot make the same amount of money performing on Twitch anymore so mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are saying like you can go to other other sites like that they don't know if with Twitch pulling out, it's going to create everybody moving to kick. And then it's just going to do the same thing to kick and same thing to YouTube. Um, or if it's going to be something else like later down the line as well. Um, 
but or if you know korean content creators have to move out of south korea in order to like continue their stream yeah to maintain their stream and the thing is a lot of people are like really sad about it obviously like they want to like all these content creators worked their ass off to get here um it would be really terrible for them to like lose out on their entire audience just because they live in a certain region um but it is tough for them to continue that career with the platform shutting down in their country um twitch on the other hand said like the best thing that they can do is they are keeping their channels live so any following that they originally had um if they do move to another country or if they do like bring back their channel again um outside of korea they will be able to keep their same audience and do everything and so on and so forth um but i don't know if that remedies the situation um but i think that a lot of these people are going to be moving over to new platforms i do think kick is going to be big or billy billy or um, other places that that may have better server strength but i don't know if this is going to be the only place where it will go and then it will just keep moving uh like legislation will just keep hitting streaming platforms until mm-hmm. it can no longer like be sustained you know sorry to derail your no no no. it's totally fine your, your topics um, with my question there no, it it is another really big topic that a lot of people need to need to know about. It's just, it's unfortunate, but I do think that a lot of content creators are just going to switch platforms. I just think that that's just going to be the play. Um, but yeah, oh, back to not like social or like sad stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, creator dodgeball, <laughs> uh, creator dodgeball world championships uh, happening on Sunday, uh, December tenth at one p.m. So if you want to watch it. Uh, watch Ludwig and a bunch of his content creator friends so dodgeball at each other. Uh, cool. Um, we'll go from that one to another big event happening, uh, this weekend and probably one of the biggest esports events happening this weekend. That is the Team Fight Tactics Vegas Open. Um, this is the first ever Team Fight Tactics LAN or like world event that has like a like players essentially flying out to vegas and playing um to see who's gonna take home like kind of like the first ever championship for team fight tactics uh most of it has been like under the radar um kind of like smaller events mm-hmm. but this is like the first like world event um so uh in short 512 uh, 512 players were invited to play um they will be playing over the course of three days uh from uh, December 8th to the 10th um, and throughout each day they're going to play I think somewhere between like 10 10 to 20 or like 10 to 15 games total and whoever has the best win records out of those games will be moving forward um, until literally the final day day three essentially has only eight players um, then it goes by placement and the way how you win the the final event is essentially if you get above uh if you get above fourth place which is like per game you get a certain amount of points 
Um, and whoever clears a certain threshold, which we don't know what that threshold is, it's probably like, I think it's probably like 20 or 25. Um, you have to get at least 25 points to get there. And then once you clear that threshold, you have to get first in the lobby, which is kind of insane. Um, so um, in this last bit, they essentially have to watch all of these players like play really, really hard and then try to get this uh, this final trophy. And essentially, the trophy this time is probably the sickest trophy that I've seen in a minute. Um, they're fighting over a WWE-style belt. Ooh. Um, and it's got like uh the pangu on it it's got it says team fight tactics it's got the whole uh bells and whistles on it because it is like a it is a music themed one uh like a music themed set so it being in vegas is really cool um and you know the belt is probably is something that you can keep on you for you know years to come so it looks really cool um i'm not that good at tft to be here but it is like the first ever LAN. I would have loved to have been there this weekend or there during yeah this upcoming weekend, but unfortunately, uh, I cannot. Um, but we also on top of the TFT Vegas Open, which is kind of the biggest thing. Um, oh, they're playing for a share of three hundred thousand um, dollars. There, there's a little bit more in the prize. I think closer to the end of it, but um, yeah, it's it's a lot of money on the table, uh, especially for a, a big. Belt event yeah the the belt the belt is probably the coolest part of the whole thing um but uh for us players there's a small patch uh, not a small patch there is a patch uh that came out last night that changes the way how we play a lot of tft um i'm not going to go over all the details because i don't need to like go into very specifics um but we will go over like the gist of like kind of what they're doing uh, the main thing is that um, Apeit was a trait that was never played that much. Um, they're getting buffed, and then a bunch of Heart Steel and a lot of Edge Lord uh, composition plays will be getting buffed as well. Um, a lot of the four star units um, are getting a buff just because it takes them a little bit of time uh, to get there, and then a couple of augments were were increased in power. Um, the main nerfs come to essentially like four specific spots which is um country uh the the country trait the guardian trait and the jazz trait were really really strong in this last patch um they're going to be nerfing them down a bit and then ziggs um ziggs is just he's he, he was busted for a while um so they're they're hitting kind of these ones that were at the top and kind of um snowballed way too quickly and not gave didn't give a lot of players time to like adjust or be uh, a little bit more fluent and it gave all these ones that were at the bottom a little bit more of a buff so that it could hopefully stabilize the patch a little bit more um but yeah that is their first adjustment um this is the first one in two weeks uh so yeah we we got a new patch uh two weeks out just a little just a little bit of a chance and uh, yeah um it's pretty cool um we also got a new uh what we call a treasured realm uh bounty um which is a uh essentially a roulette style like prize get thing um but it is more expensive than a regular one regular ones cost like 100 gem uh 100 gems 
This one's 450, but you get a chance, you get 50% chance of getting a essentially $20 uh tactician, which is like the little like uh little character that you pilot throughout the game. Um don't roll for it if you don't don't spend money to roll for it. If you have gems, you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to stop you. Um but yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing that they're adding. It makes it so that you can have fun and get get the characters that you want at a higher chance, but it does cost a little bit more uh in terms of currency. Um but yeah, that that's what's new in TFT. Um if you guys do play a lot, uh let me know. I don't know if you guys play uh as much as me. I'm like addicted to it now. Um Okay, let's move from TFT to Pokemon Unite, uh moving to another video game that I have to keep a pulse on. Um this week they introduced Meowskarada, um the grass type starter from uh Scarlet and Violet is now in Pokemon Unite. Um it is an attacker, I believe. It's an attacker with a lot of really interesting mechanics such as like being able to dash around having like an like a uh like a pollen detonation ability uh which can be cast from like a long distance um it looks like a really interesting pokemon to play and it's got a lot of like really interesting like mechanics and tricks up its sleeve but i've yet to deep dive into it and like learn about it but i know that there's also this is the first time that unite is doing a um doing a collaboration not a collaboration but like is working with twitch um unite will finally have twitch drops um that's kind of cool um so this is like the first ever event that they're doing it um your boy will probably end up streaming a little bit just to like help people out get their get their stuff when their favorite streamers are not online and yeah um yaskarada coming to the game uh it's going to be free throughout this event so you have to just um you have to play quite a bit to get it but that will be the way how to uh how to get Meowskarada. It's going to be the free Pokemon for like this wave of upcoming Pokemon. Um, cool. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Fortnite. I don't, I don't usually cover Fortnite. Fork knife. It, fork knife. Yeah. Fork knife hit my, uh, hit my feed for once. And I kind of have to mention this. Um, so, uh, this weekend is also the Fortnite festival which is the one where they essentially have like an in game concert, right? Um the lineup is kind of stacked if you haven't seen it. Uh I they got not seen it. Okay. Uh <laughs> uh let's see if I could pull it up, but it's like on I know it's on their Twitter. Um Fort I festival. All right. Uh to to not spoil too much they they got a ridiculous a ridiculous amount of like uh popular peeps um i'll just go over a couple of them uh the short the weekend is going to be there four times uh the killers you have all american rejects you have billy eilish you have fallout boy you have lmfao uh the white stripes you have psy you have one republic there's a whole bunch of other like people who are also on this list which is ridiculous um, but that is going to be an in Fortnite festival. Why is um, that so stacked? Yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't be this stacked, but 
it it is a stacked festival lineup for Fortnite. Um, it's interesting to see that this is the step that they're taking, which I mean, good on them. But uh, we'll we'll see how it looks. Um, and and exactly what this Fortnite festival is. Um, but it is just an in, uh, in game event. Um, that's going to be taking place on December 9th. So if you guys do want to capture it or want to uh, see it, go for it. Um, I don't even have Fortnite installed. So uh, I, I got I no can't. room on my PS5 for that. Exactly. Uh, but we'll see if anyone else, uh, usually like a YouTube video goes up immediately afterwards. So we'll see how it looks. Um, and yeah, that that's the Fortnite uh, festival lineup. Just check their... Uh, just check their X, and if you if you like what you see, uh, go ahead and check it out. Let us know how it goes. Okay, so last likes. thing on the list. We, we go into the manga. Uh, okay, yeah, last thing on the list. We are going to go over the manga releases. Um, there There's only a couple of things that we need to mention. This week, uh, we had Kaguya 27, we had Chainsaw Man 13, uh, and then we had Blood on the Tracks 15. Um, so just a couple of like really quick ones to knock out. Um, and then next week we have a couple of them that I'm just keeping tabs on. First one is shy five. Um, I, I like shy as a, as a manga. It's about like a, all superheroes in our world or like in the comic book world, all of them are like really extroverted. They're like representing a certain thing. Um, Japan's hero is super shy as they're, as the title calls, um, but has a very kind heart, but it's just not as like active as all the other heroes. So it's about how they're trying to balance their work and their life uh, through being a superhero. Um, so Shy 5, you have Akane Banashi 3, which is one of my favorite series right now um, about Rakugo. I love Rakugo. Um, and last but not least, you have Damon of the Shadow Realm. Uh, this is a series done by uh, the same author as Full Metal Alchemist, and they have their third volume coming out uh, on the twelfth. That is about it. Uh, that's what I have written down. Yep, that it. That is it for the manga releases. So, if there's anything that's on that list that like you're interested in picking up, make sure to go ahead and get it. Um, I don't know if Barnes and Nobles is doing their uh sale after christmas which they usually do which is 50 percent off of all hardcovers but if they do i will let you guys know um because i will also be there uh trying to get hardcovers for manga so yeah that's how it is um and yeah that wraps up everything that i have for this week well thank you all for tuning in with us and kevin what what should be what, what's Trying to think of so of applicable advice for this week, I can't think of anything. Um. Uh, oh. Oh. Uh, oh you go for one? it. No, do you have one? No. 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 Do you have like a have a how topic you that tell, you want me to go? Over? How do you tell like what a good quality escape room is? Like, how do you know like the escape room that you're going to is like a good one? Considering now um, you've, you're you've been through you're you're working at a second one now and you've done a lot of puzzles in your time. Okay. Uh, a a good quality escape room just has puzzles that make sense there there shouldn't be anything that's in the game that confuses you and shouldn't lead you 
from one thing to another. Like everything should go it like you go into a room, you should be able to identify things and that should be able to lead to another thing and so on and so forth. So I feel like that's the easiest way of saying it. Essentially, it comes down to props and how well uh, puzzles are connected. But mm. you can't tell that until you go into the room. But the best way to say is like, if you like your game master, your rooms are going to be good. We're willing to help you out. We're not here to like, we're not jigsaw. We're not like mean people. We want you to escape. All game masters want you to escape. We want you guys to have fun. Um, and then I guess since we have a little bit of time left, the the best thing to do, escape rooms are sixty minutes, right? Um, if you have a rule of thumb, this is this is the play. Every fifteen minutes, if you're looking at a puzzle and you're stuck on it for more than seven, like five to seven minutes, ask for a hint. Like mm. it's okay, like. We put hard puzzles in there for a reason, and sometimes you just need a nudge in the right direction. So, if you're if you're stuck on a puzzle for more than five minutes or more than ten minutes, even um, usually ten minutes is like where it starts stretching out a little bit. Um, but if you ever get stuck, ask for a hint. We'd rather give you a hint and have you escape and have fun rather than you sit there and then like cry when everything is starting to fall apart. You know? Yeah. Well, good to know. Um, thank you all for tuning in this week. Hope you, if you are deciding to go to a, an escape room, um, keep that in mind. Make logical sense and don't spend more than 10 minutes on a, a puzzle without a hint. Um, thanks, guys, for tuning in, and we will catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.